will now be reading Psalm chapter 139, verses 1 through 12. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Thank you. This is a lot, y'all. <laughs> hmm. God speaks. Where, when, how. It's a loaded topic for sure, but one that I really truly am excited to navigate and begin to scratch the surface of this topic with you today. You can't expect a lot of personal testimony woven throughout. You'll hear many examples of how God has spoken to me in some very obvious ways and in some very not-so-obvious and unexpected ways. For the obvious ones, when he speaks to me, Lord knows that when I'm in a certain mental state, he kind of needs to hit me like a ton of bricks. Maybe some of you are familiar with that. But in other ways, the unexpected ways, how he speaks to me then, how he may speak to some of you then, maybe a little different. In both ways, I feel for myself that it's through emotions founded on our senses. Touch, feel, sight, hear, taste. And that can create a pretty cool and different feeling like no other. Like when this topic was revealed, which I will get that into that a little bit later on but it was a pretty amazing moment. There will be some questions to you. There will obviously be reflection. And I, will, I do promise I will tie this all back to the scripture. And I say that because in all honesty, scripture is not my strong suit. Never really has been, that's not my forte. But somehow, I managed not only to have our main scripture in here, but I actually found a couple others. But before we really start to dive in, I thought letting you know a little bit more about me, 
my family, where I came from, was important. So first, I just want to talk about my immediate family. I was raised in a Christian home, Presbyterian to be exact. So yes, I have actually been Presbyterian my entire life. My family consists of my parents, Jim and Sherry, and my five siblings, as you can see. You might also notice we don't really all look alike, though growing up didn't really phase, and none of us actually really noticed that, unless people kind of subtly questioned it or directly asked or kind of just made a look. You see, my parents adopted three of us. My younger sister, Rebecca, she's actually from Thailand and came when she was around the age of five. My older sister, Elizabeth, she is from Bogota, Colombia, and came roughly about 10 years old. I was adopted from another region of Colombia, Cali, Colombia. No, that is not why, where I am named from, though. I was actually adopted as a baby and was brought here a little over two months old. My parents also had three children. My older brother, Danny, my oldest brother, Ryan, and my oldest sister, the eldest of us all, Brenda. My parents actually attended Maplewood Presbyterian Church in Edmonds. And from there, when North Creek came to fruition, they then transferred to North Creek. And I've been here ever since. I think that was when I was maybe four or five. So yes, I've also been attending North Creek since pretty much the beginning of North Creek, which is basically my entire life. This is my church home, which is important, and I also will talk about that a little bit later on. As a family over the years, we were all involved in various levels. My mom actually was a part of Stephen Ministry for a time, attended small group, volunteered in various children's programming. When we were younger, we were all involved in them too. There was children's plays, Sunday school, vacation Bible school, youth groups with mission trips. I even did confirmation. Fun fact with that is that at the time, our sister church in St. Petersburg, Russia actually brought over a group of students with their advisors, and many of us got to host them. We got to host three young high school ladies, which for me, being in junior high, was really cool to have them around. As I got older, when I came back home from college, I joined the choir. I was a junior and senior high youth advisor. Now, when it came to the choir, that was something I obviously always looked up to since I'd been going here for so long. So now that I was like an adult, I thought it was a great time to join. I don't know why I thought I had to be an adult, because for those of you who've been attending here for a while, you've seen young adults and youth in the choir. So just as long as you can make rehearsal on a Wednesday evening, any of you could go for it too. There's been praise team, there's been the worship and arts ministry team, PNCs, and I also an elder. I have to say, it's actually been a pretty amazing ride being your elder these past three years for the worship and arts program. Being able to be involved in kind of that nitty gritty work of the church, that tough work, but that also leads to inspiration, passion, and exciting work of the church. This church, us, and those we support and engage in our community. But it wasn't an easy three years. Collectively, right, we were all navigating COVID. There was the path of my mother-in-law at the age of 65 due to complications with her cancer treatment. And then, right in the midst of that, we got pregnant and had a baby. That was a blessing. Through all this, there was a lot of mental anguish that came into play. 
And I share this with you because it's part of the story. You see, I do struggle, and at times I struggle hard with anxiety, which fuels at times a deep depression. And I even, in my college years, had some pretty good manic tendencies. Though many of you probably wouldn't realize it during all those tough times we had. And even over the course of the past couple of months, a lot of that has hit pretty hard. But again, you might not have recognized it. Why? Remember how I said this is my church home? When I walk through those doors, God brings such a calm to me. It's like all my senses that were so activated and bouncing here and there, they just calm down. And I can focus, and I can be here, I can talk with each and every one of you whenever we do. And if you ask me, and many have, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? I will be totally open and honest about where I am in my mental state. I'm very pro-talking about it. I'm very pro-mental health. Talking to a counselor, sometimes even seeking a medication to help you just clarity so you can just be calm and navigate it, right? That also brings me to the fact that I have an amazing husband who, when I'm at peace here, probably is also getting some peace himself, in all honesty, because he is truly a rock and a stability like no other. God blessed me with a really awesome husband. So speaking of that, I've been married to Matthew for 16 years. We've actually been together for about 22. We met at Edmonds Community College when we were 18 years old on our first day of school. We have two kiddos, our son Marcus, who is nine years old, who is so empathetic and inquisitive, likes to be funny. I'm a tough critic, though. <laughs> Seriously. He, yeah, I'm really, it's, I, I feel bad for him. Um, and he's also just an amazing older brother. Then there's our daughter, Gabriella. She's a little over one years old, who is just bright-eyed. And any of you have seen her, you can just see that, right? She loves to dance. She is fearless. She loves her brother also, like no other, just lights up. And she will stare into your soul and try to figure you out when you say hi or hold her. And once she's calm and once she understands who you are, she will be smiling and laughing. I need to go back to that moment that I met my husband that first day of college, because that was more of an in-your-face God moment that I do want to share with you. You see, we had accounting together, and there is a really good story around that, too, which at some point you should ask me. You'll probably get a good laugh. But when I walked into that class, Matt was at the back. I was headed towards the front, and there was just something about me, him that caught my eye. I mean, I thought he was cute, okay? Well, definitely he was cute. But I heard him talking, and he had such a calm presence when he spoke. And his mannerisms are very purposeful, but again, just calm. He also wore a really nice cologne, too. So again, <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> but I say all this because, for me, if you're catching on, senses are a really big thing for me, for my journey, for my faith with God, right? Because when they're illuminated and they're alive, there is a way that he's speaking like no other. And in that moment, he spoke to me like a ton of bricks as I was walking to my seat. He said, that man's going to be one important man in your life. Excuse me? I'm 18 years old. I just started college. Like, I knew I wanted to go away to school out of state for a couple years, too, to finish my degree. And you're telling me that this man's going to be What do you mean? I didn't realize that meant that we were going to actually get married someday. 
But alas, we dated for about seven and a half years before getting married. And like I said, there is also a lot more to our story, but we did have one hard year. And like I'd mentioned before, in my college years is when my manic tendencies really came out. That was tough. I was away from school. I was so full of myself. Everything was about me. I lived in my own utopia. I kind of pushed my family away. I didn't want to be accountable to anyone. I did run fast and I ran hard. As my mom would say, I was definitely burning the candle at both ends. But luckily, God, at that time, again, knew how to capture my attention. And again, when I was sitting there, at this time, it was just quiet. I was alone. Everyone was gone for a weekend, and for some reason, I wasn't with them. I was in my apartment, and he literally just said, you got to go home. You're not meant to stay here. This isn't where your life is going to be built. So I did. And man, I fought that drive home, those 2,000 miles with my best girlfriend at the time. Every single day, every single hour, it seemed like I was calling home, telling my parents, no, I'm going back. It hurt them. But coming home did allow me to address my mental state, get help with that with the help of my parents. My mom was a rock in that. Allowed me to mend my relationships with them, and of course, Matt. And that's led to us reuniting and marrying a few years later. Our scripture passage. How does that all tie into this? I know I haven't brought it forth yet, but I am going to pull some verses from it to focus on just a little bit more. And I might surprise you with how I'm tying these in, but maybe not, and that's okay. You see, it says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me, each one of us, right? You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that for well. When this passage came to light in conversations with Pastor Kurt, what stuck out is God knows us. He made us. He created us. He created us in his image. He goes where we go. But we don't all go to the same place every day, every moment, right? Yes, here on Sunday, we make a conscious decision to come here. And when we are here, it is a little bit more structured, right? We know what to expect for the most part in terms of how the service will go, And those expectations potentially allow us to hear him maybe just a little bit more clearly because we've prepared ourselves to come here, be in worship through song, through the word, through scripture, through whoever is up at the pulpit, through whatever imagery is there and through our fellowship. No matter what we are dealing with, sorrow, maybe anxiety, immense excitement because something exciting or joyful has happened in our lives, nervousness, We are still here, though, to see what God has to say. But what about when we leave here? How does that work, then? What we experience here is also still different for everyone, right? I mean, look around. Really, take a look around at each other. And also take a look at yourself, right? Our characteristics, what we look like, we're all different. 
So many things make up each one of us individually. So would that not mean, right, God speaks to us individually, where, when, and how we need it in the unexpected? Are we really listening when we are outside of here in those unexpected moments amidst the chaos, good and bad chaos, of our daily lives? I spoke to how God sometimes really can just speak to you like a ton of bricks, right? And when you take that into account, there are many places in the Bible where he does do that too. He's done it through dreams, visions, angels, writings on the wall, literally his voice being heard by a burning bush. And I would also say there are distractions back then that for that time, right, are similar to the various distractions that we have. Though we lived in different times, we all have very similar distractions of family, work, income, etc. But through all that, we still have to remember that there is just something so powerful about how he created us and knows us and how he reveals things to us. So go back to the beginning. I'm not talking about Genesis, but when I talked about the moment of how God revealed what we're talking about today. You see, in that moment, where he aligned all my senses, it triggered again a lot of emotion. I mean, as you can tell, I'm naturally just emotional. And what I heard was him. What you're seeing is actually part of my daughter's room. That's where I was when I was having kind of my official first mentor-type conversation with Pastor Current. He was talking about how this would all go. And he was wondering what I was going to talk about. And you'd think over the three years of being an elder, I would have finally come up with a topic. I thought about it a lot, but I really had no idea what I was going to talk about, what I wanted to say, what I thought you guys wanted to hear. There's a lot of eyes in that statement, isn't there? I needed to get out of that. That was a barrier for me. There was also the lack of confidence in my biblical knowledge. Like I said earlier, scripture it's just not where I go. It's really not. I talk like this to God. I feel him. I just, that, that's my experience. And my sorrow and my joy, I'm not directed there. But of course, I still feel not confident in that because I feel like I have to be. But I don't think I do because that's how he speaks to me. And that's okay. So as I sat there, still not sure what to do, all of a sudden it hit me. Because through our conversation between Pastor Kurt and I, it was again, kind of like, everything just calmed for me. I sat there in one heck of a cozy rocking chair, as you can see. It's a soft leather, it's big, it's cozy, I can curl up in that. It's also the same rocking chair that I had with my son Marcus. So there's a lot of love, safety, embracing feeling in that rocking chair. The room, it has that young baby smell. That's kind of innocence and laughter, right? And as you can see, there's an LED candle that's lit. We always have that lit for nap time and bedtime. It adds a glow and brings shadows dancing on the wall, the soft pink and gray walls that are actually fairly calming. 
And that's actually why I chose to be in there. It's just a quiet place of the house. It's calming, even though across from that chair is the chaos of clothes and everything else that she has, diapers, toys, and all that stuff. But it's still just soothing. And I needed to clear my mind to have this conversation. And again, as we were talking, I got emotional, and I started to tear. And I interrupted Kurt. I don't know what he was in the middle of saying. I think he was just trying to, like, give me confidence of, like, no, it's, it's okay. You'll find a scripture. We can start from whatever topic and bring that in. You don't have to start with the scripture. I'm like, okay. But in that moment, I started crying, and I told him, I'm like, I'm emotional. I know what to talk about, and it just came to me. I'm crying, but I hear the words God speaks. That's what it's going to be about, Kurt. And it's going to have something to do about where and when he does that, but not necessarily just here inside the church, but out, because there's so much going on distracting our lives that he is still talking to us through all of that. He paused, and then he said something along the lines of, well, I sense God has put this on your heart and has spoken to you. And ever since then, every Sunday that I've been here, every conversation that I've been a part of in and outside the church with friends and family, conversations that I've listened to, no, I'm not eavesdropping, but I might just be sitting there just listening. That confidence has come that this is his word, that he wants to challenge us a little bit on how he speaks to us, where he speaks to us, and when he speaks to us in the unexpected, in the emotion through our senses. As I was in that room too, and with that light of the candle, and actually candles in general always make me think of my favorite song. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He illuminates our path. He's there with us. And I really do truly believe in my heart of hearts that God speaks to us through those senses and delivers us a feeling that it is a different feeling. But since it's possible that since we haven't thought of it maybe that way, we don't recognize that feeling entirely. And while we may have a good feeling in a moment, we might just brush it away because we're not sure what to do with it. We maybe don't allow ourselves to be in that moment a bit longer. Another passage that spoke to me is 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12. God is speaking to Elijah here, the mighty Elijah. And the Lord says, go out and stand on a mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountain and tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake either. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper, the voice of the Lord. In the chaos of life and when we're really struggling or when there's just a lot going on, right? Sometimes that's when we are crying out, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where should I go? What about this job? What about my family, my finances? 
right? And again, even in joys, man, I'm so excited about that promotion. All these things come flooding of what you might do with that extra, you know, some of the extra finance, that money that may come to that, or the extra experience. It's just exciting. And when we talk to the Lord through that, through those questions in that kind of more amped up energy, we might be also wondering, like, so what do you guys say about this, God? Like, I've been praying about this, and this is what I thought we were supposed to be doing, where I was supposed to go. But he might not answer you then, right? He might take a minute, take a beat, and answer you in more of the quiet after your mind has gone through all of this. But sometimes you might not hear it, right? Because that's not when you were expecting it. You were wanting it earlier. But that's not his timing. That's not when he was ready to speak to you. He maybe wanted to surprise you a little bit. And I don't know why this verse, these verses kept coming to me. I just felt like they were relevant, you know. And I keep tying it together, and it maybe seems a little out of place, but I just feel like in this moment, there is so much in your face for Elijah, and I bet in that moment, he was just wondering, like, what do you want to tell me with the wind and the fire and all this? And he wasn't speaking to him then. So where and when in our daily lives will God speak to me? I will say all these images that you see behind are all images from things that I've done, artwork that my husband has done or my son has done, food that we've eaten, there's memories tied, there's symbolism. It brings on a lot of emotion again because I want to tap into those senses with each one of these and I want to actually do that with you with some questions. I'd love it if you would raise your hand if any of these things speak to you as I ask them. And I'm not going to call out on you or anything. It would just be a good show of hands. So who here is a foodie? That act of cooking, the aromas, the craft, the heart, tasting those unique flavors coming together. Maybe a memory from a recipe that's been passed down. It'll bring maybe both a smile and a tear. But in that emotional moment of when you're in it, you may take a deep breath and then kind of push that moment aside because you want to get to eating or you're with a group of friends and you want to get to that conversation, right? Or you maybe have to rush out the door, but you just want to take a minute, taste it, but then move on. What about art? Who here is just passionate and so moved by art? I know there's a few of you how it can say so much in a line, a brushstroke, the medium that is used, the time period it was about or created in, the colors or lack thereof, the white space or lack thereof. There's pondering, trying to envision maybe what the artist is conveying, even if there is a little note or placard about it. You still tend to go deeper because it moves you, it speaks to you. And there might even be a moment when you pause because, again, that different feeling comes up. But you take that breath and realize, I got to move on to the next exhibit, maybe, or I got to go because I have somewhere else to be. And you don't sit in that feeling with that peace any longer. The th same thing can be said of nature. There's a lot there. Who here loves gardening? Who here loves going for hikes, right? Walking along a stream, biking, stopping to smell the flowers. Each one of those can bring such a feeling of awe and wonder. Think of it, the vastness of an ocean, the endless heights of a tree or trees reaching to the sky, a smell so sweet you can almost taste it. 
There's sound of animals in the forest and fish jumping in the rivers. You've got ducks in a pond and a butterfly maybe on a flower, and so on and so on. There's so much to take in at times. Lots of senses being activated. But again, if we are doing those with a friend, family, maybe if we're doing those by ourselves, our mind may be still busy. And again, you may take it in for a second, but continue on your way. I mean, there are so many more examples I can give. I do have to give one more because it is my worship. It's my favorite, which I'm sure you all can guess if you have been here a while. It's music. The way the music moves, the lyrics, the tempos, the meaning that can be behind a verse, the whole song, the time period when it was written, what is the significance of it then? Brian actually does a really good job of explaining that to us in choir and worship team. It's very purposeful in the music he picks. Was a song, was it an evolution of another form of music? I bring all this to you today in that way because, again, if we could sit in those moments, maybe just a little bit longer, what might God be trying to say to you? It could be an uncomfortable feeling. I get it, right? You might not want to think about it then, whatever it is. You might not want to address it then. But what is it that you're saying no to? And I'm not saying every single time that's going to happen, but I truly believe there is a special and certain feeling that once maybe this starts to come to your mind and you're more cognizant of it, right, you'll start to look at things a little bit different. You'll hear a little bit different. So the next time you are out and about and a certain feeling does come over you, no matter where you are, no matter who you are with. Let's try not to brush that unique and different feeling or that emotion away. It could be God tapping you on the shoulder in a little bit more of a quiet voice, trying to get your attention. Take that extra 10 seconds, 15, 20, 30. Allow yourself to be present in that. And for some where emotion is just, maybe that wasn't how you were raised. You were supposed to keep it down because that's what you do. You don't show your emotion. For some who are very emotional like me, I actually need to calm those down. It's kind of the reverse, right? I can't let it escape too much because I'll miss it then too. God speaks, y'all. He speaks wherever we are. He does speak when we may least expect it. He does speak how we need to hear it. He's in the unexpected. He is in our day-to-day. Let's embrace that and see where he's taking us next. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Amen. (laughs) 